Blog Talk Radio. Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Swing. Oh my god, who the hell cares? Well, apparently everybody cares because it is the number one rated internet radio wrestling program. And it's the three top co hosts in the game right now the Granny Hawkster, the Icon, and. The big swing. We are here back on a Monday again, uh, watching the 49ers Seahawks. Pretty good game here. Uh, watching WWE in this ridiculous Lana angle. Um, and wanted to know uh, AEW, full gear. Uh, you guys said you didn't get a chance to watch it, though. I was going to ask you guys some questions about the show. Um, but like you said, neither one of you guys got a chance to watch it. No, I didn't. Uh, I. Uh... I just been uh, so busy with all this other stuff, and just you know, it is what it is. You know, I'm just a busy, busy guy. So. <laughs> and I've been a busy, busy girl, so you know, I I know that feeling, Icon. You know, I've been pretty busy myself, so yeah. This uh, and I'm going to be even busier within the next several months, so. Yeah, you got a big, uh, big old promotion there. I heard that's pretty good. Well, you know, it, and and just so everybody knows, <clears throat> this position that I acquired actually is just strictly volunteer. I don't get paid for what I'm doing, and that's okay, you know, because you know. But I do get free tickets into the wrestling events, you know, that I help with. So you know, that's that's pretty cool there. So you know. Just so the fans know, just so just so the fans know, just so the fans know, Granny has been selected as president of the Arkansas Championship Wrestling Fan Club. It's a new little independent show that started about a week ago, and they're going to run 
um, about two shows a month. Now, December, nice. they're only going to have one because of the holidays. But uh, we had our first show last week on November 2nd, and they're going to have one November 30th. And uh, I basically am responsible for reporting information about the shows, sharing who I thought stole the match. But we created a uh, Facebook fan page, Arkansas Championship Wrestling fan page, so the fans can go and comment their feedback on who they thought stole the show or what match they thought was the best match of the night. And I also want to give a shout-out to uh, all the veterans that are out there that have served this country. Happy Veterans uh, Day to all of our veterans. And and we love you all. We thank you all for your service. And uh, I want to give a special shout-out to my father, who not only served in the Army during Vietnam, he also served in the uh, Air National Guard during the First Persian Gulf War. And... uh, my uncles, who have passed several years back, but they served in the Korean conflict. Both of them did. And I also want to uh, send uh, uh, my love to our my three angels that are watching us above right now. So that is my take for today on this Spectrum today. But I really want, really quick here, I do want to go ahead and announce our guest, and then we can continue. Our, our first guest will be calling in here in about 13 minutes or so. Uh, actually, less than that, about nine minutes. Uh, we have uh, Monique Dupree. She's going to join us. And uh, we have Otto Van Clutch. This guy looks like a young triple H, which is really, really cool. And we have uh, Susan Chemisky. Uh, she wrote a book about the Beatles and uh, why they uh, why their popularity is still as high as it's ever been today. So she can tell us about the book that she wrote. I've read it. Great book. I won't be able to give you a book because when I read something, I don't remember what I read. I read, but uh, it is what it is. So she's going to tell us <laughs> about that. Your, your, your comprehension quick. skills, I can't. <laughs> Right, and real quick here, I also want to give a uh, uh, what's up coming next week. We have the Women of Warriors Wrestling. We have Natasha Riley. Uh, she is built like a brick house, and uh, she could probably uh, squash all of us uh, with uh, with her uh, her hands and everything else that she could use. And we also have uh, a movie actress. She is currently in a new movie with uh, Ivan Drago. You guys know him better as Dolph Lundgren. So she's going to be talking to us about that next week. Now, Well, I I actually knew him better as Ivan Drago, but that's just me. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, those, uh, for those uh, that uh, like to try and uh, host a second-rate podcast north of the border, which would be up in Canada, you cannot hold the candle to us. And that's all I'm going to say about that. So you guys can continue. We'll wait for our next guest to call in. Nice, nice. So, question. I don't know if you guys feel this a uh, certain way, but this, we were talking a little bit off the air before we came on today uh, about this Lana angle. Um, do you think they're going to do sort of what they did 
with Lita, or sort of what they did with Ter- with uh, Tori Wilson and Terry Runnels and all of them, where something's going to happen and she's going to lose the baby, and then all of a sudden they end the storyline? Or is she actually pregnant in real life so that as she grows, this gets more realistic? Like, I mean, I mean, do you guys know any inside scoop on that? They did the same storyline with Stephanie McMahon, if you remember, too. I do that, too, yeah, but she ended up, yeah, but then they came back saying that, like, she had lied about it just so that he would take her back and all that stuff, yeah. Well, originally, the plan was supposed to be, because uh, they dropped it in a hurry, originally, it was supposed to be, Shane was supposed to be the father, then they kind of dropped that, then it was supposed to be, Vince McMahon was supposed to be the father, which was disgusting in itself, so I'm glad they dropped both of those. Thank yeah. Yeah. And they just yeah. the whole thing. This is one of those things they should drop before it gets going. They really, really should. Or well, especially in the PC era. But I mean, what they want to try to do is they want to try to get a little bit of that edginess back, um, because obviously that's what sells them tickets. The problem is they don't really know like what to do anymore. I mean, you know, the more I think about it and, and the more I really break it down and, and I went back on WWE Network and I've been watching some Attitude Era shows, uh, even before that, even late 96, early 97 with the beginning of Stone Cold and, you know, the Heart Foundation and the Nation of Domination and all that fun stuff, um, the, uh, you know, the WWE, I'll be honest with you, Everyone gives Vince Russo a lot of shit, but Vince Russo wrote some competitive story, uh, some some compelling, not competitive, compelling storylines, and he wrote he wrote some stuff that made you stay interested and invested in the plot lines and the schemes, and and you know that that's the one thing that they just don't have right now. They they're trying so hard to recapture a spark and be edgy, but it's either the same stuff we've already seen before, or it's 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 pretty tame you know, anyway, in its own right. So I don't know, man. I, I think they're they're between a rock and a hard place right now and not really sure how to get out. Well, you know, the thing about Vince Russo, though, and I want to I wanna say this. You know, yeah, everybody does give Vince Russo a lot of crap, but he was pretty genius for his time. And a lot of people say that he was one of the guys that was the downfall of WCW, which is not true. It was the AOL merger. The fact that Vince Russo was able to do what he was able to do with what he was given, you got to give the guy credit. And also the fact, you know, people always say that, you know, his angle with the blue blazer is what killed Owen Hart. That's not true either. So no, that that was just a mistake that really honestly could have happened to anybody. I mean, I mean, it sucks yeah, that it was a guy like Owen Hart, but it, it really could have happened to anybody. <laughs> and that's a risk you always run when you do stuff like that and come down from the rafters and things. I mean, that literally could have been anybody. But, Icon, we do have um, the first guest on. I assume it's the first guest anyway. Uh, 443 area code? That would be it, yep. All right. I'm going to jump over to the other studio quick, check on how Monday Night Football is doing. Uh, I'll, have a, I'll have a mobile headset on, though, so I'll be able to hear you. Um, and I'm going to put you through right now. Ladies and gentlemen. Stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. She gives new meaning to the word, I am going to kick your butt in the middle of the ring. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the one and only, she is Monique Dupree. 
Hey, this is Monique Dupree, and you're listening to the Attitude Era Live with your host, the icon, the big swing, and granny hoaxer. That's awesome. We want to thank you. Uh, we want to thank you right off the bat for joining us tonight. And uh, we have we have we have 31 minutes here with you, so uh, we're going to get some hard hitting questions with you. But uh, if you want to give us a little background about yourself first, and then we'll uh, then we'll talk to you. Okay, well, first of all, you have to excuse the background noise because I was actually in the middle of traveling back from, from New York back to Baltimore because I've just been with uh, Dreamer all weekend uh, doing shows and whatnot, and we just left Rhode Island. So excuse any background noise first. <laughs> um, my, my name is Monique Dupree. Uh, my background started out in acting. I've been an actress for 30 years. And uh, I've been a fan of wrestling since I'm nine, and I'll be 45 uh, next month. So I've I've always been a big fan of professional wrestling. And I got my debut because of Tommy Dreamer in uh, 2013 at House of Hardcore 2. And I've been working exclusively for House of Hardcore ever since then, even though I do uh, things with Impact sometimes and some of the independent shows that Dreamer goes to, I'm also a mainstay. I'm pretty much his right-hand person, so I'm almost always around. Now, do you think you might be able to hook us up with Tommy Dreamer? Well, I can definitely tell him uh, about you guys. The only issue with him right now is that he has his own podcast, and I don't know if they're still uh, telling him that he's not really allowed to do other podcasts because he does Cheerless Radio and he does his own podcast. It's been a conflict of interest, so lately he hasn't been able to do uh, any other podcast, but I don't know if that's uh, clear yet or not, but I will definitely tell him because he knew about this interview. Um, I just texted him and told him, which is why I had to stop texting to uh, get in touch with you guys because I was doing House of Hardcore work because we have a show coming up, two shows coming up as a matter of fact. And I run all the social media for uh, House of Hardcore as well, so it's my job to do all of the posts that you see and the updates and whatnot. All right, and uh, I'm sure that he is listening right now. Uh, we'll get to her in a second, but uh, Granny Hulkster can tell the story about Tommy Dreamer, and then uh, I'm sure he'd like to come on and talk to you about that. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. I'm going to ask you a few questions, and we'll kind of do a roundtable, go around the room, then we'll come back to me, and I'll ask you the hard-hitting questions. So first off... Now, in your tenure in the business, uh, you know, you mentioned you, 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 know, you are a veteran, a ring veteran, and you've wrestled for many different organizations. What has been your longest tenured organization? Uh, well, that's easy. It's House of Hardcore. I'm a, I worked exclusively for a Tommy Dreamer's promotion, House of Hardcore. I've only ever done... Uh, any other organization if it were if it involved uh, Dreamer because otherwise I can't work for anybody else without uh, express uh, permission because the Double Duprees, which is my daughter Monet Dupree and myself, uh, he came up with us together. I started out um, in ring by myself, but then we became wrestling managers, mother-daughter duo, the first black ever mother-daughter duo that I know of in professional wrestling, uh, manager duo. And we come out as the Double Duprees together. 
So we wanted to keep that exclusive to House of Hardcore instead of just taking it everywhere. Uh, so that's the company that I've been working for the longest. And as I said, I do a little bit of everything for House of Hardcore. And uh, does your daughter do interviews? My daughter is a manager for House of Hardcore. She also helps me with stuff. Guys, when I say I do everything, I mean, I got a crash course on wrestling in every facet of wrestling. I will work roll call. I've been doing roll call. I've had to run behind and wrestle up the wrestlers. I've had to make sure everybody's, you know, doing what they're supposed to be doing. Then I have to go out, and then I have to come back, and then I have to post for social media. It's just always such a crazy, crazy time. I do production for House of Hardcore and his podcast as well. So when I say I do everything, I've I've had to take a crash course on everything, feeling and uh, wrestling on the back end and learning in-ring stuff and uh, helping to uh, put the ring together, taking a part. Like, I got a crash course in all of that because of House of Hardcore and because of Tommy Dreamer. And... I will say this for for those uh, for those fans that uh, want to check her out. We'll we'll let you talk about where they can find you at the end of the interview here. But uh, Monique is just, and I'm not just saying it because it's you, but she is probably the most gorgeous gal that's ever been in the heart that has a name. Uh, the title Hardcore next to it. We'll move on. So now with your wrestling style, are you more of a a technical wrestler like a Bret Hart, a high fire like uh, Rey Mysterio, or do you have that grunty ass-kicking style like a Stone Cold Steve Austin? First of all, I have to say thank you for your compliment because that was way, way too gracious, but I appreciate you uh, nonetheless. Uh, secondly, I've recently just been focusing on managing, to be honest, But my style, period, is pretty much hard-hitting heel. Um, I'm just always the angry black woman. I mean, I guess I took a page from (laughs) from parts of my real life because I have ten children, and, you know, it can be, like, a bit frustrating and tedious. But um, even whether it's it's entering as a manager or wrestler, doesn't really matter if, you know, it's the same style. It's just pretty much hard-hitting me uh, over the top in your face. Uh, I like to engage the fans um, because I love it. I love all of it. So that's pretty much uh, who I am. It's a little bit harder um, when you have a partner, but because she's my daughter, we can kind of, we feel each other out. So it's almost like um, we complete each other in our physical sentences, like the things that we do. So I love that so much, and I love that I get to also work alongside my daughter. Uh, We don't get to do it enough uh, because I mostly travel uh, with Dreamer, like, everywhere. Um, But I do love it. Do you find that that your background in acting – actually helps you out a little bit more being successful in this business or do you feel like 
Like, you know, uh, like, for example, you said you like to interact with the crowd. Some people are just really good athletes and can do the high-flying stuff and can do all this. The fact that you have an acting background, you think that helps you out a little bit and makes things a little smoother and easier for you? Absolutely. I feel like uh, it, it helped me out. It's like, because I've, I also, I started theater um, as a teenager before I really, really uh, got my feet wet into, like, film work and stuff like that. I think it definitely helps because I'm not, like, a high flyer. I feel like I got into the business a little too late to to train to be, like, a, like a really great wrestler, but I grew up loving, like, Sensational Sherry, who to me did a, a little bit of all of it, uh, I also like Miss Elizabeth, even though she was more, to me, docile and whatnot. But I grew up watching the managers and the valets and, you know, at ECW, how hard-hitting the, the girls were. So I I kind of took a page from those books to, to kind of create who I am. But the, but the acting definitely, um, it helps me be more comfortable in my skin in engaging uh, the fans. We have because both. most of the time I don't need either. I love Monique. You know, uh, you mentioned that uh, okay, you're just... kind of a heel, so that's uh, that'll uh, that'll bring um, that'll bring us uh, to Granny. Uh, we have a heel on our hands, Granny. So what do you got? You can tell her about Tommy Davis. Well, hello, Monique. My name is Granny Holster. I'm not a wrestler. I'm just a huge fan of the sport. But uh, I've awesome. had. I've had many opportunities. I love Tommy Dreamer. I've had many opportunities to get to see him. Um, there was an independent company in, that ran in Arkansas for several years called Traditional Championship Wrestling. And their very last show that they did, they did TV taping. And they still show the old reruns down in the Little Rock, Arkansas area, because Arkansas is where I'm from. But I remember... It was um, an eight-man tag team elimination match. It was Tommy Dreamer, Americo, Scott Phoenix, and King Shane Williams against Matt Riviera and his empire. Well, it got down to Tommy Dreamer and Matt Riviera. And at the time, I was having to use a cane because I I had not had my first total knee replacement surgery yet, so I was having to use a cane. It was one of those fold-up ones. Well, Tommy grabs my cane out of my hand, and Matt's on the floor, and they're like, oh, my God, he's got Granny Holster's cane. And the other commentator, Brian Thompson, he's like, Granny, what are you doing? This is a fan's bring-your-own-weapons match. And Matt was on the floor, and he was taking the cane, and they're like, oh, my God, he's going down to the nether regions. Well, he walks away, and he swings my cane, and it looked like he broke my cane. I mean, the crowd's just going wild. And then he takes the the cane handle, he takes the cane and tucks the handle under Matt's tights, and then he pulls up on the bottom of the cane and makes Matt start hopping like a bunny rabbit. And then he brings me back my cane by the strap, and he says, Granny, he says, you might want to sanitize this. This is real, it's really stinky. But I tell you, I, I, I mean, I've gotten to see Tommy wrestle for TCW many a times in Arkansas. We got to see him wrestle at TCW down in Nashville. 
I mean, he is absolutely amazing. So when you see Tommy Dreamer again, you can say, wow, Tommy, I talked to Granny Holster on the Attitude Hero Live. I want to touch on that. I hang I, up with, uh, with you well, guys, and I knew that you were going with that story when you started telling it because I've seen it so many different times, and, like, it's so crazy because people think that stuff like that is planned, but Tommy Dreamer is just crazy, so he grabs whatever he sees to grab to use mm-hmm. all the time, mm-hmm. and that's really, mm-hmm. really awesome. I love that because it also creates those stories for those fans and a connection, and, I, you know, I feel like I've been learning from one of the best in the business um, by, by learning from He's my best friend. So, I mean, he teaches me everything he knows. I told him he needs to donate his brain for wrestling science because that's all he lives and breathes is wrestling, period. Well, you know, he, yeah, I mean, I I love when TCW, I mean, every time Tommy Dreamer came and, and then we got to see Tommy um, at a, a wrestling show up in Kansas City at the T-Bones Baseball Park in 2016. And it was the weekend before my birthday, which I had my left knee operated on on my birthday in 2016. And I was going to take my cane with me that Tommy used so he could use it on Ace Steel, and I forgot to throw it in the car when I went to Kansas City. But I love Tommy Dream is absolutely amazing and like I said he he's he has become one of our best friends that we love to watch you know in wrestling I miss getting to see Tommy I really do so please when you when you see him telling that Anthony and David and Granny from Arkansas said hello so, because we lo- we love Tommy Dreamer but I guess my question to you my my question to you is uh, or one of my questions because see, I love I love to talk smack to the heels. I don't like the heels. I I can talk some pretty good smack to the bad guys when I have to. Uh, but one but one of my so I think I would have a lot of fun interacting with you, fan, a wrestler, I you know, or even a manager. I think I would have a lot of fun. We we would have a lot of fun interacting with each other. But when you were wrestling, when you were wrestling. What has been one of your most challenging matches you ever had to do in your career? Well, I'll be honest, my actual like wrestling career is very, very short. My mm-hmm. career in wrestling, like I said, started in 2013. Um, I knew very quickly that actually wrestling wasn't for me. Um, and the reason why I knew that is because, like I said, I'll be 45 this year. Uh, I feel like I had gotten into it too old. Um, I mean, you can do anything that you want to do, but you should also know your limitations. So I knew my limitations. So I, this is going to sound crazy, but I enjoy taking bumps. But everything else I had a hard time with. Uh, I was better suited to be a manager because I could do all of that stuff and build on it. But actually wrestling, I feel like I suck. So it was all challenging <laughs> to answer your question. Yeah, um, yeah, obviously. I, my, obviously. My, my life 
my job, uh, and I even love producing. Um, I'm not going to say I love producing more than I love going out there because let me tell you something. When you walk out those curtains, there's no greater feeling to me than for me to walk down the aisle and be booed by people. Like, that that gets me going. Like, it's the most amazing feeling, and it's something that you can't get anywhere else. Uh, so I love it. I love all of it. But I love being a manager, and I can talk about being, like, a manager all day long. But uh, wrestling time, suck. I suck. That's well, not for me. I, I can't you. do it. Even as a manager, because I could talk some pretty good smacks to the managers, too. I mean, there's an organization here in Oklahoma called Wrestling for a Cause that they do independent shows for kids that have cancer. And there's a manager there by the name of Richard Pierce. And they actually, a couple years ago, they said, before the show, they said, Granny, we're going to handcuff you to Pierce during the match. And I'm like, okay, whatever, you know. And I just blew it off. I'm like, yeah, because the guy, the wrestler that told me this, he's a big jokester anyways. I'm like, yeah, right, whatever. Well, they did. They handcuffed me to Pierce during the match. (laughs) So he couldn't interfere. And so I just like some pretty good snacks. So I I would love being at a show that you would be at with Tommy Dreamer because I would I would have a lot of fun interacting with you. I I can already tell this would be this would be so much fun for me because Tommy knows. Tommy has seen Granny in action. He knows what I can do. He knows how I can talk smack to the bad guys and to the bad managers and whatever. Tommy has seen Granny in action enough. He knows he knows what I can do. He knows what I'm capable of. <laughs> and I love that. And I have to say my my the my favorite bump ever, which is just weird to say, uh, was actually one that uh Dreamer gave me when we were uh at a show in Indianapolis. It was uh wrestling for warriors. Uh, so we donated uh, to that charity that day, but um, I got to take like my third or fourth bump from from Dreamer, and I feel like it was an amazing experience to say, you know, hey, I took a bump from you know from this man that I love so much that you know we're like so in tune, but then we get out there in the ring and we're so like against each other, and it was one of the most amazing experiences because I learned, like, you learn from that stuff, and I feel like it made me uh, better each time that I've taken, when you take a proper bump, you know what I'm saying? So you learn mm-hmm. how to take a proper bump from the people that mm-hmm. that are the best at doing it. And I just, like, I don't, I do mean to be singing Tommy Dreamer's praises. Uh, I was going to say I don't mean to be, but he really is one of the best minds in the business, and he always entertains the crowd. Uh, oh, he does. He does. Amazing. So it was one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite experiences in ring with taking a bump uh, was that, and it's because I learned so much from it as well. And in this business, you you know, you got to learn, and you can get injured in, in a moment. You can be a manager. You can be a valet, and you can still get injured. You still need training. You still need to learn and grow each and every time. You know, no matter what you're doing in this business, referees can get hurt. You know, yes, everybody they can. has to have, right, 
everybody has to have a certain amount of training. So it's just that you also have to know where you belong in the business. I know I don't belong ever being a wrestler, uh, but I want to be. I want to be one of the best managers. You know, that's what I'm working for. But um, I also love, love working behind the scenes producing because people don't understand what it takes to put a show together, what it takes to put a successful show together. And I always revel in the fact that look at what we did. Look at how we put this together so that the talent can go out there and do their thing. The crew doesn't get enough credit. Like, I'm one of those people. I want to thank everybody that's doing their job that are part of the moving pieces to make a show successful. That's well, and I, so, and, I, and I so agree with that because I don't want to be a promoter. I don't want to be a booker, but there's a there was an, an independent wrestling company that just started about a week ago here in Arkansas, and they have made me president of their fan club. <laughs> you know, so, because I am such a big, huge – yeah, well – you know, and I, I mean, I'll basically be talking about the events and different things like that, and that's okay, but I try to make it fun for the other fans that are there, too, because I'm not afraid of these bad guys. I mean, you know, even the big ones. I mean, I have, I've had a 400-pound wrestler get in my face, you know, and I'm standing there with my fist doubled up at him like I'm going to hit him, you know. <laughs> I'm not afraid of these guys. I mean, these guys are like my family, and that's what I love about this business is I, I have so many wrestling friends in the business that I consider them part of my family, and I've always considered Tommy Dreamer part of our family ever since I've met the man, you know, and I like I said, we love Tommy Dreamer, and you have been an amazing woman to speak with. So uh, I admire you. I admire said, you for what you do in the business. I, I appreciate that. Most of what I do is always going to be behind the scenes, things that people don't see, but that's okay because, you know, I know what I'm doing to be a part of the business to make things run and to make things work, and all I need is knowing myself that, you know, I, I took part in that. You know, and as Jimmer would say, you know, we're all one big dysfunctional family. We're one That's big right. dysfunctional wrestling family. We truly, That's truly right. are. Um, if you guys don't mind me saying, we have a show, uh, a House of Hardcore show. When I hang up with you guys, I'm going to uh, post a new poster uh, for our show in Philadelphia on South uh, Swanson Street. We're going home to the old ECW Arena November the 23rd. Uh, there will be a wrestling convention in the morning, and then there will be our show at night. And then we're in Waukesha, Wisconsin, December the 7th. These are the last two House of Hardcore shows for this year. Uh, they will not be streaming on Twitch or anything like that, so you have to be there to see it. Uh, if you can't be there to see it, at least follow our social media so that you can um, follow the posts and things because I'm the person that does all the posting for all the social media for House of Hardcore. Um, our Snapchat, HOH Wrestling, our uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram is all House of Hardcore. That's awesome. We have uh, Monique, uh, Monique Dupree here. We have uh, eight minutes left. And uh, one thing, Monique, uh, since we have eight minutes left, uh, hopefully we can get you on again because uh, we have a whole bunch of people tweeting, uh, tweeting me and texting me to ask you questions, but we're not going to be able to get to them all. Hopefully we'll be able to get you on again. 
And uh, I'll admit, you kind of did steal my thunder a little bit because I was going to ask you when your next show was and uh, how fans can follow you. If you got a Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and such a GoFundMe, but you went through all that. So uh, with the last seven minutes, I'm going to ask you uh, a few questions about uh, your movie career, if I could. Okay. All right. Uh, you, I mean, you have an impressive uh, resume here. Uh, one of the things, uh, one of the movies that uh, that it's a movie title, so I can actually say this on air. Your movie was called For Twice Sake, and I kind of like that. That was kind of cool. Wait, and uh, uh, for Christ's sake. Oh yes, for Christ's sake. Yes. <laughs> I almost forgot uh, that movie. It's been a while. And you're also in the replacement. Yes, I was uh, in the, that was the movie with I believe Keanu Reeves, the football movie. Um, sure, I had a very uh, small role in the in the replacement, but um, it, they filmed it. They filmed the parts that the things that I did in Baltimore at the stadium, and uh, and I just got the call that hey, you know. Uh, we're in town, would you like to be a part of this movie? That was something that was just very, very quick. Uh, but at the same time, I got to, to meet some of the people. Keanu had a, a body doubles doing his uh, his football stuff uh, and whatnot. But uh, my independent movies are the things that I've, I've starred in um, the most. Even though my first movie, which was a small movie, was Lean On Me, and that was with my brother Tony Todd, uh, who also was the Candyman. You know, the other interesting thing about the the, the replacements is, uh, you know, uh, a lot of female wrestling guests that we have uh, like to put restraining orders on me. But what's kind of cool about the replacements is, uh, you know, they got that, you know, they got that song in there. Uh, you could have changed that super lock. You could have, I, you could made me lose your teeth. You know, it. You don't need to. Uh, all you gotta do is keep singing that song, and I'll just uh, back away, you know. Yeah, exactly. But I enjoyed every movie that I've ever done. I really enjoyed doing. I just love when I get a chance to actually show um, my acting chops with being able to have like a supporting role or a lead supporting role or something to that effect. And uh, we got about, uh, we got Monique Dupree here. We got about five minutes left here. I do got to take care of a few ego questions over here for you. Uh, the first one is that, uh, you know, the icon made you a cool collector's card. Sent, you, sent that DM messenger. What did you think of that? Wait, can you, I'm sorry, I, I can't hear you very well. Can you ask that again? Okay. I had that made you a cool little collector's guest card, and I sent, you to, uh, sent that to you on messenger. What did you think of that? Oh, I loved it. Like, who made it? You did? I did. Yeah, it was really good. I loved I loved that you used two different pictures with me with red hair, which does not happen that often. But um, I feel like you also grabbed up uh, some pictures that captured my personality a little more, so I appreciate that. And then the other thing is, I don't know if you're able to do it or not, but uh, if I were to send you an address, you know, we got a big December giveaway filtering up. Do you think you might be able to send us a few autographs for giveaways? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. That, that would be cool. Uh, and uh, maybe uh, if you could, I, I, I'll, I'll understand if you can, you'll, you'll turn me down for this, but I'd be willing to send money for it if I could get an autograph from Poppy Reaver, too. 
I will ask him. I can't speak for him, but I will definitely right. ask. Yeah, he, he's been a hero uh, if, if, uh, if I do, I'll just, like, um, grab it up, have him uh, sign it, and just send it with mine so that that way, you know, because otherwise I would be shipping it out anyway because, as I said, um, <laughs> pretty much the right-hand person, um, I love the fact that when we did Twitch, he said, uh, Monique Dupree is the heart and soul of House of Hardcore, and that made me melt because it just... Um, you know, it validated everything that I've been working so hard to do uh, in that company because I see such great things for House of Hardcore and with, you know, his mind and his business sense and how he put matches together and everything, I don't see how, you know, it it could fail. So I just see great things in the future for House of Hardcore. And uh, real quick here, we got we got three minutes here left with you. Uh, I do want to get you on again. If you, we haven't scared you too much, we'd love to have you on again because we have more stuff to talk to you about. Absolutely. And then it could be, I could be in a more quiet uh, area. Again, I apologize because I'm literally standing outside uh, talking to you guys. Well, it's okay. Uh, the icon loves you, so that's all that matters. And real quick here, uh, if you could say it again, if our fans want to check you out and follow you, uh, you got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitter, you got a Twitch, you got a GoFundMe, you got a website, what do you got? Uh, well, no go, no GoFundMe. Uh, you can follow me on almost all of my social media if you look up The Original Gata, T-H-A Original Gata. I'm verified. That's how you'll know you have the right person on Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook, uh, I'm verified as well. I have a YouTube that's the true original Gata. Um, and other than that, I mostly promote uh, House of Hardcore and all things House of Hardcore because that's that's kind of what I do. So basically what you're saying is they they got to check you out. Yes. They can come check me out, but I, would, I, I really am promoting – House of Hardcore, so if you needed to choose, you know, for those people that don't like to follow everybody or whatever, if you had to choose between uh, on Instagram between the original Gata and House of Hardcore, just choose House of Hardcore because if you send me a question, you're talking to me anyway. I'm the only person and, that runs it. And here, here's what we do. We got, we got, about, uh, we got about 90 seconds here. Uh, what I'm going to do is I will contact you on uh, Facebook Messenger and... Uh, I want to get you on in uh, January, February, so you can promote your upcoming uh, shows for 2020, all right? All right, that'll be awesome. I appreciate you guys, and thank you very much for having me on. Thank you, Monique. You have a great day. We Thanks, appreciate Monique. you. Awesome. All right, thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. The lovely Monique Dupree, ladies and gentlemen. She does not have a restraining order on me yet. But I'm sure that's coming. Yes. Uh, our next guest, Although our next guest I can see what's so. So they're on. They're on. They've been on. Um, I was just gonna say quick that um, she she's working with House of Hardcore, dude. I don't think she needs a restraining order. If she had an issue with you, I think she could uh, be perfectly capable of handling it herself. Probably. Probably. Putting you putting you through a table right. or a window or something crazy like that. Anyway. All right. Um, the the next guest has a six two six number. Is that correct? That's right. That's right. All righty. I'm um, finishing up Monday Night Football here, but like I said, I'll be around. Um, I'm gonna put you through. Ladies and gentlemen, 
stepping onto the green room and walking down the aisle. This show is now going on autopilot. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the man that will put you in his clutch. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the man who Triple H stole his look and charisma. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Otto Von Clutch. What's going on, guys? It is O-double-T-O-V-O-N. Figure out the rest, and I'm feeling great. I'm over here on the Attitude Era Live, and I'm feeling alive tonight. How's everyone doing tonight? Awesome. And uh, if you want to do that liner real quick, then we'll uh, then we'll talk to you. Absolutely. Hey, you guys are listening to the Attitude Era Live with the host, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Hulkster. And tonight, of course, O double T O Otto Von Clutch. That is awesome. We have Otto Von Clutch here, as I just said. We have 29 minutes here with Otto, and uh, we're gonna. Uh, uh, have an interview. We'll kind of do a little round table here. But first, if you want to give us a little background about yourself, then we can uh, talk to you. Absolutely. Well, uh, I'm uh, from Southern California. Uh, I was trained, or I'm currently training with Knox Pro Academy, also Knox Pro Entertainment. That is uh, Rikishi's uh, Wrestling School in Black Pearl down here in Van Nuys. Um, when I originally started at the school in 2014, uh, Gangrel was also there at the school, and uh, the school is, uh, you know, notable for uh, training Rusev. There's, he's one of the alumni, and also uh, Vanessa Bourne. She's in NXT right now. Uh, she's also from Knox Pro. So uh, I've been training there since 2014, and, uh, you know, just been able to have a lot of opportunities, been blessed with a lot of different places I've been able to travel with Knox Pro, and really the past year now, I've just been kind of doing the independent thing and uh, going out there and just trying to, you know, do as many shows as I can every week. And it's been just a, been a blast. I've been having so much fun and been able to travel and just do a lot of fun things. Now, uh, if possible, maybe, uh, you know, I don't know if you could or not, but uh, could you hook us up with Rikishi? <laughs> hey, you know I can't back that ass up like that. I've gotten too many stink, stink faces with Rikishi. I really don't like to uh, – I don't want to have to deal with that right now, but no, I'm just playing. You actually have to probably do it on a separate time or something like that. I have no idea. You'd have to contact him through his uh, platform and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I can't get him on the line well, right now. Well, no, I understand that, but, I mean, if you could uh, – Set me up with a way to contact him. We we can uh, go over that. So anyway, uh, for those of you guys who uh, who uh, don't know Otto von Clutch, uh, he um, is definitely what you would call an ultimate. The ultimate. Now I hope you don't mind this comparison, but this guy is the ultimate tattoo surfer guy. I mean, he he has the the look of Triple H, and of course he's better looking than Triple H, and uh, he's just got that California uh, Beach Boys look, and it's just awesome. And uh, we're glad that you're here. So well, I appreciate uh, that now icon. We can, now we can go on to the interview here. Uh, Absolutely. So in your time in the business, you know, you mentioned you've been you've been doing training and all that. Uh, how many different organizations have you been with in your tenure? Oh, I would say probably at least uh, probably at least twenty to twenty five right now. I mean, I've done. I mean, I could. There's a, there's a list of them, but of quite a bit of companies down here in SoCal. 
uh, been blessed to be able to go Northern California with a great company called Hood Slam and uh, Stoner U. They're just a great organization up there. And uh, I do a lot of things in Salt Lake City for a company called Devotion. And uh, But I would say about 20 to 25 in my five-year run of doing this. And that's awesome. And with your wrestling style. My wrestling style, style, I would say it's... high flyer. I, you know what? It's been, I've been blessed with a good trainer, good trainers. And, I mean... Believe it or not, I could switch it up. If I have to do a chain wrestling style, I could, I'll, I'll chain wrestle. If you want, you know, if someone wants to go snug style and want to, you know, hit a little hard that night, well, I'm going to hit hard back, you know. I'm not going to let someone take advantage of me in there. And so, you know, I mostly, though, I like to say a stronger style, like almost like a brawl style, like a bar brawl style. But, you know, if I need to get very, uh, you know, if I need to get technical, I could definitely get technical. So, so it's basically kind of like that grunty ass kicking style, basically kind of like a Stone Cold Steve Austin kind of don't take no crap from anybody's style. You know what? And and absolutely, I think that definitely is. I mean, I've had for the first three years of my career, I was working Rikishi in the Samoa Dynasty almost every show I was doing. You know, so I was blessed. I mean, I got in the business I said in 2014, and I would say I had my first match within three months of training. It was very quick for me. They they didn't they don't play around over there. They, you know, the, the Samoan dynasty. They have a lot of knowledge to give, and so I mean, it was a very fast pace. If you can't handle the fast pace, then get out of the way. So um, I was in the the ball, you know, pretty quick with that. So I would say, you know, just a very strong style, and uh, how I said, any any style we have to do, we'll do it. And would you consider yourself to be a a baby face, a heel, an in-betweeny, or are you more of what the crowd decides you're going to be? You know, to be honest with you, uh, I really don't even – I'm not a big fan. I mean, I know a lot of people might get upset about this. I'm not a big fan of uh, the baby face and the heel thing. You know, I'm Otto Von Clutch. When I go out there, you're going to get who I am. You know, if I'm feeling pissed off that day, if I had a long travel, you know, and I'm just irritated and I show up to that city and it's just a hellhole of a city, you know, I'm, I'm going to be pissed off that night. You know, if we're going to be wrestling down, and we have done this before, you know, wrestling in Hawaii, beautiful beaches, beautiful women, of course I'm going to feel great, you know. I'm going to be with the city. It just depends on where I'm at, you know. But for the most part, I'm a bad guy. You know I am. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, I guess I'm a bad guy, but uh, it just depends, really. It depends on where I'm at, you know, and how I feel. So that's just kind of that. Well, yeah. That leads me to the next thing. You know, granted, he said that he could be a bad guy, and he actually used the term pissed off. So, uh, oh, Granny, Granny Holster, we're talking about Granny Holster? Yeah. yeah. 23 minutes. Yeah. What are, you, what are you doing, Granny Holster, over there? You're just been all quiet, just kayfabing us. What's going on, well, Granny? Well, no, you and, know, and, uh, hey, Granny, Otto, Granny Otto, has she's, her she's, part. Uh, she is sitting to your left. Beautiful. Granny. Granny has her part, has her play in this, trust me, because I don't like the heels, and I can talk some pretty good smack. So just All listen to you. All right, Granny, will you, you just sit back there and just, just be quiet again? No, I'm no, going to no, keep no, going no, with no, the no, interview. No, 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 no. Just listening to you, if I had the opportunity to see you at a, at a wrestling show somewhere, yeah. I think I would have a lot of fun playing with you because you – you sound like you would make it really fun to interact with me. Well, so. I mean, if you can get yourself out of the trailer park for the night, that'd be fun, and we could do it. 
Well, you know, oh, you know what? That kind of reminds me of a little story. Wow. I had a wrestler ask me one night, and you'll get a kick out of this. Well, he said, uh, Granny, this, this, don't this you have... Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I think Thank you, Icon. Go... I know. Wait a second. I think this is about to go 360 degrees the wrong way, but go ahead, Granny. We got 22 minutes. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I had a wrestler ask me one time, Granny, don't you have a curfew at the nursing home? And I grabbed my keys out of my purse, and I doubled up my fist, and I got in his face. I said, baby, I don't need no curfew. I got keys to the building. So bring it on. Bring it on, you know. But my question question to you. uh, She will also, uh, hold on, she will also hit you with her hurricane, if you're not careful. Oh, Oh, I'll tell you what, Granny. I got a couple F5s over here waiting for you. Okay, okay, bring it on. I'm not I'm not scared. I'm, I'm not scared you, if honey. I if I oh I know. If I can if I can face a four hundred pound wrestler and stare and stare him down in his face and double up my fist at him, I don't think I'm too scared of you, but that's okay. My question to you is who influenced you or your who did you idolize back what made you decide you wanted to, to become a wrestler? Well, I'm 29 years old, so I started really watching wrestling back in 1997, and uh, I was seven years old then, and really just Stone Cold Steve Austin just rings a bell, you know, immediately, like the goosebumps goes through the body, it's, it was such an exciting time of wrestling during that, you know, attitude era, let's say, and another person I would say that really influenced me was Rikishi, and so that's why, you know, I, I actually, you know, went to his school was because he was a big influence on just everything, his entertainment, his charisma, the way he moves, you know. I always wanted to be a sumo wrestler growing up, so I was a big fan of Yokozuna, and uh, so it just kind of comes down to Stone Cold, I'd have to say, is like my big influencer for uh, <clears throat> wanting to get into business and just, you know, do anything with wrestling. Hopefully that answers that your all. question, Granny Holkster. Uh, we have... Uh... We have Otto Von Clutch here. We have uh, 19 minutes here with Otto. Now we'll kind of circle around here to uh, Big Swing. I'm sure he's listening. Uh, what do you got, Big Swing, for our guest, Otto Von Clutch? Uh, well, Granny uh, kind of asked a little bit of, of, of what I was going to ask in terms of uh, who he, you know, idolized or looked up to uh, coming up in the business. But uh, I guess I'll, uh, I'll do an audible here. And um, who – well, not who. I guess how did you end up getting involved in the business? Like this is this is a sport where most young kids watch it, but not mm-hmm. a lot of young kids do it. And you know, if, if kids are athletes, they end up going football, soccer, baseball, lacrosse, whatever it may be. Uh, very very few turn to the wrestling thing, and uh, especially the pro wrestling thing. I mean, you know, even lower numbers if you want to talk scholastic wrestling, but. Um, but yeah, so how did you get involved in this business, and, and sort of take us through your your journey of uh, of your come up a little bit? Well, basically, uh, big swing. It was kind of goes like this. I I always played football in high school, not like on the actual team, but we would play during uh, like recess or whatnot, lunch break, and I'd always play with all the guys, and they'd always want me to get on the team. And uh, I did a lot of surfing and a lot of skateboarding. I never wanted to injure myself because I wanted, you know, to keep that longevity because I always knew I wanted to get in the business. I just didn't know how. So um, just kind of a quick, I guess, fast forward. When I was eight years old, you know, uh, we were at the Kmart. My mom got me this 
VHS of WrestleMania 14, and I just fell in love with it. Like, I was just, everything was wrestling after that. And so uh, now we'll go back. It goes, uh, so basically I always wanted the longevity. I always wanted to make sure that I didn't want to get hurt. So I always just kind of stood around. I always watched, uh, you know, I was getting older. You know, I was getting uh, in my young 20s, and I was getting a little nervous, like, man, how do I get into this? I was looking into wrestling schools. I was going to a few independent shows, just kind of checking things out, trying to get in the business. Didn't know really what to do or how to do it. And then I uh, just came across, I think I was just like on Google or maybe I was on Facebook and I saw someone have a picture with Gangrel. And I was like, what? They're in Gangrel's in Burbank doing a wrestling show? And and I found out about Knox Pro. And uh, basically the rest is history. I went to a Knox Pro show and then I went to a House of Hardcore show. It was House of Hardcore 6. Uh, Rakishi was there, and that night I remember I went up to him after, and I was like, hey, you know, I know you have a wrestling school, sir, you know, uh, I want to come and join. He was like, come and join, come and join, and literally like the next week I joined, and it was like the best decision I ever made in my life, and I was nervous because I was 24 when I joined, and I, you know, I asked him, I said, hey, you know, like, I kind of feel like old. He's like, oh, you're just a puppy. Don't even worry, so it's been a lot of fun. It's been a blast, and uh, it's just kind of like how you said, though, how to get there. It was just something I just I had to just take that step off that, you know, that diving board and just do it. You know what I mean? Because it's always like people are always like want to say, I want to do this or I want to do that. I never wanted to be that guy that was like, oh, you know, because I was doing construction like really like 80-hour weeks. And I was like, what the hell? Like, this is not getting me anywhere. Like, it might be great money, but I want to do what I love. And I remember I was in, uh, I was in Beverly Hills working at like a car dealership doing some construction, doing some fire sprinklers. And I just literally walked off the job that day. And then that literally led to me going to House of Hardcore and then going to the wrestling school the following week after that. And I just, just kind of did it from there, and that was that. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. We have uh, Otto Bart Clutch as our guest here. We have 15 minutes here with Otto. So, you know, you mentioned, you know, your training, and, uh, you know, you mentioned – Hooking up with Rikishi, but you know we all know what Rikishi's move is. Can you tell us if he ever uh, he ever punched you and gave you a receipt by practicing that on you? Oh, it's not about practicing. Let me tell you, Icon. I, I told you earlier. I'd had all of his matches that we had. Like I probably have had wrestled Rikishi in the Samoa Dynasty at least fifty times. At least that's just. I mean that's just off the top of my head a number. And I tell you what, I got the stink face a lot of times. Uh, one of my my wife, well, my wife now, uh, she was my fiance. Then, you know, I had her family come and watch the wrestling show. I said, come on out, you know, watch me wrestle. You know, it was over in Bellflower. I was really excited. I was maybe only like six months in, maybe less than that. And, of course, we wrestled Rakishi that night, and I got the stink face. And, oh, my goodness, to this day, they just don't even want to kiss me. They're like, get it away from me. They were just horrified. They couldn't believe it. And then after the match, I knew this is what I knew that I had to marry the woman is because when I went up to her, I gave her a kiss after my match, not even thinking about it, I just got a stink face. And, of course, she kissed me, and I don't even think she thought about it. And her parents were like, oh, my goodness. But, you know, it's always been one of those things, you know, you just, uh, by the time I get the stink face, I mean, I'm pretty beat up, and at that point I'm almost concussed and not even with it. So, you know, at that point I just kind of, ugh. But... But if we're talking about stink faces and because we're on the Attitude Era Live, I'm going to give us uh, an exclusive that really no one's ever heard. 
so I got a stink face. The worst stink face I ever had was uh, he was doing Comic-Con, or no, he was doing Comic-Con San Diego. And, you know, of course, he's sitting on his rear all day long, signing autographs, doing his gimmick. And then he drives back to the, the domain in Sun Valley at the time to do, the, to do a match or do a run-in, I think it was. And, uh, you know, he came in, and, oh, it was the worst stink face I ever got. I'm sorry, Rikishi, if you're listening. I love you, sir, but that was awful. So, you know, it just depends. It just depends. But, uh, yeah, that's the stink face, man. It's, it's something that you don't want to be behind. You know, it's funny. You mentioned stink face and being behind. That's, that's actually like a play on words there. That's actually kind of funny. So, one thing I, I always ask uh, all the uh, all our uh, wrestlers that we have on, all the independent superstars that we have on, and uh, we have Autobahn Clutch here. we got 13 minutes here. So I'm going to put it to you. It's a two-part question. Part one, let's say that there's a WWE official that's had an event and he sees you, and then he comes up to the show after the, after the show and, uh, you know, they say, hey, we, we want you to come try out, you know, and then uh, – you go out there, and then they offer you that million-dollar contract. Two-part question. One, is that something that you'd want to do? And two, if you do get that big contract, you know that you got the drive to do it, would you still be our friend and not big time? <laughs> you know, I, I guess I'll answer part two, and then I'll go one. I'll go dyslexic on you. Part two, uh, you know, dude, to me, it's just it's just like money's never a, an issue with me. I, I, You know, I'm not worried about money. You know what I mean? I'm not in this for the money. If you're in this for the money, you should get out of the business. If you're listening, any independent wrestler out there that's you know in this for the money, get out. Cause you know that's not what I'm here for. You know what I mean? I'm not here for fame or for the paycheck. So yes, of course I would love. I'd be doing freaking WrestleMania the next day, and I'd be hitting you guys up the actor live, and I'll be doing a podcast or whatever with you guys. And then the part one go. question would be uh, if I would want a contract right now. To be honest with you, man. I'm having a lot of fun working Hood Slam and Sexy Good Time and Devotion and EWF and, you know, the list goes on and on, Blacklist. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun do that. So it just kind of depends. Like, I really like what's going on with AEW. I really like New Japan. I would love to go to New Japan. Um, there's a lot of things I want to do before I go, but it just depends. If the timing's right, you know, the timing's right. It all comes down to timing. So uh, it just depends, you know. I've had the opportunity to do uh, some WWE extra work last, actually last year at the same time. Uh, we were extras for NXT Takeover, for Survivor Series, for Monday Night Raw, for SmackDown. We did a four, a four-shot gig right there at the Staples Center, and it was a lot of fun, man. It was a, it was a blast, you know. And I had a lot of fun doing that. And uh, I think everything in this business is timing, you know. And so one of their advice. When I was doing the, uh, this is another thing that no one's heard before, but I'm going to say it. When we did the extra work, uh, I won't even say his name who told us this, but he says, you know, just go out there and wrestle everywhere. He says, go travel 500 miles to make 25 bucks. That's how you make it in this business. You go out there and you go travel everywhere you can, and you work as many places as you can, and you do as many interviews as you can, and you could do it, you know, just get yourself out there. So that's really what I've been doing since then. I've been taking their advice. So, you know, in my heart, I believe I'll be there one day. I, I really do. So you've got to have that confidence. And uh, if it doesn't happen, it's not the end of the world because I'm having so much fun right now. Like, there's nothing that can ruin my day. So it's been a blessing. And even though that we cannot prove it, 
we swear that there is a few WWE writers that listen to the show because whenever we talk or complain about something in the WWE, they either correct it or change it the next week because we've talked about it and complained about it. So they're probably I could say right this now, about so. that. Let me let me tune in on that. This is what I feel about that because I know I talk to a lot of people and everyone thinks their phone's tapped. You know how when um, women have their cycle, if they're, like, working together, they'll all kind of cycle at the same time. I won't even get into detail that when a whole group of women are together, they all get their cycle at the same time. I feel like the wrestling fans, we're just a big wrestling universe, and we all have these emotions, and we all have these feelings. And I feel like we're all connected. Like, I I really do. I feel like wrestling fans, wrestlers, just the whole business is such a – an amazing thing, and I feel like it's its own energy that people don't even realize. How do you think we get chills and goosebumps? It's because we're all connected to this beautiful thing that is wrestling. So I know what you're saying, though. I, I feel that, what you're saying, if you say things and then things happen, because I know me and my buddy, we always talk, and we're like, oh, my goodness, we just talked about this, you know, and we were actually, real quick, we were doing, a, we were, me and my buddy Maverick, he's my uh, tag partner for the Profilers. We were going Can you get him a, on with us? Yeah, I'll get him on right now. I'll, I'll let him know. I'll send him a quick message right now. Uh, so we're going up to Reading, right? And we're driving up to Reading, and we were talking about, you know, making our own wrestling company one day. And we said, hey, one of the, this is a true story, bro. I swear on my life. Uh, I call him, and we say, hey, let's have this wrestling company, and let's have a wrestler called The Fiend. And he'll just be a big addict. He'll be like a super fiend. And then a, I swear to you, bro, a few months later, there's The Fiend. I was like, oh, my goodness, you know? So I don't know. I feel like my phone's tapped, but that's all i got to say about that. But I, I sent him a message saying call in. He'll give us a call in. I guarantee it. Well, we got out of one question. we got about eight minutes here left. Uh, one thing, you know, we, we, we'd like to do is uh, if uh, we, we can't get him on tonight, I would like to get him on at, a, at another date and talk to him, and then uh, uh, we can ask him why you're the one that carries the team. But anyway. Hey. Uh, we'll uh, sorry, we'll, we'll continue. Uh, don't hate me for that. Uh, so anyway, so we got auto back. But now uh, another thing that uh, we know is that all wrestlers have a great finishing maneuver. Uh, we want to know what yours is, what it's called, what's involved, and then uh, we'll see if one of us would be willing to take it. Yeah, my move is the surfing elbow, bro, and it's pretty simple. Black Pearl, my trainer, he kind of helped me out with this whole idea. What happens is, you know, I get the opponent on their belly, and I fucking get on their back, and I ride their back like a surfboard. Really, I actually lay on their body, freaking paddle a little bit into that wave, pop up, ride them, man, woo, jump up as high as I can, drop that elbow on their spine, hit in the cross face. They usually tap, or if not, I throw them right over one, two, three. Just depends on what kind of night it is, but uh, I do the surfing elbow. That's kind of like I guess a signature move, but uh, a lot of bigger men stuff. I do like a, kind of like a it's kind of a it's like an F five I guess, but uh, kind of my own twist to it. I do a little little spin with it, but just you know, really our big foot. I do the big boot, but I wrestle barefoot. You know, I am a surfer, so I've been wrestling barefoot for the past six years, and uh, so you know I could usually do the big foot. We'll knock them out. Well, you know, I was going to ask you, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, the surfing thing, and I was going to say, are you a surfer? You just mentioned your word. So you like to use the terms like uh, cowabunga and awesome and bitching? Oh, absolutely, brah. Of course, we go into surf terminology all night long. We don't even have to go off the air. We're going to do a little extended edition. No, man, we could definitely, uh, absolutely, brah. 
a lot of cowabunga. But I feel like that goes along with the terms of more being like a uh, a baby face, more of a good guy, you know what I mean? So it just depends, you know. I could also say you're a kook, you know, or go back to the valley, or you're not a local, things like that. You know, it just depends, man. It just depends. You know, because uh, I got a I got a good friend uh, who who are nameless right now, but uh, he's from uh, California, and uh, he uh, he's a big server guy. Uh, every once in a while, he'll say, "Hey, that's just bitching icon," and uh, I kind of <laughs> like that, even though he won't call me icon. He used to be by my real name, which we'll not reveal here either. So we got automatic clutch here. We got five minutes here left. So tell us if our fans wanted to uh, check you out. You got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitter, yeah, you got a Twitch, the GoFundMe. What do you got? Everything, man. Everything is Auto Von Clutch. I've been blessed with that. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Snapchat. Everything. I don't even do Snapchat. I, I but I do have my name on Snapchat, but I have never even posted anything on Snapchat. So don't go there. But on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, it's all Otto Von Clutch. O double T O V O N C L U. Figure out the rest, bro. There you go. Now, the other question I had for you yes, is uh, if uh, I were to send you an address, you know, we got a big uh, December giveaway show coming up here. If I were to send you an address, you think it might be a, send us a few autographs for some giveaways? I mean, you've already sent me a message, and I've already replied yes to that. So, of course, my man, of course, the icon, you know that's going to happen. Awesome. You're trying and, to get it on uh, tape, huh? <laughs> there you go. And uh, we got we got about four minutes here left with Otto. Uh, and uh, a couple of ego questions here for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I had uh, sent you a, uh, a collector's card on uh, Messenger. What did you think of that? Oh, collector's card? You want to send me a collector's card? I already made it for you. I sent it to you on Messenger. What did I think about it? It yeah, was all right. It was all right. Hey, homeboy, oh. my, my, my tag team partner, Maverick, is in the waiting room. He's the original Maverick. This is why WWE, they stole his name. He was Maverick way long ago. So he's in the waiting room right now. How do we get him on? Is he an 818 well, number? Yes, he's well, an yeah, 818. Well, the thing is, we only got we only got three minutes here left, so that's fine. Yeah, we can uh, extend, we'll we can extend it. Here, here, we, we, we can do what we need to do. I'll put them on right now. Thank you, my man. I appreciate that. I love you guys. You guys are awesome, man. I'm having a lot of fun with you guys. Yeah, he's on. Hey, Maverick, you're hey, on, Maverick, my man. What up? Hey, what's up, guys? How you guys doing tonight? Hey, how you doing, you man? Guys we, got, me okay? uh, we got well, I guess. Oh yeah. I guess Maverick. And uh, I'll be the Iceman for the next three minutes. Yep, yep, that's right. I go by Maverick. Why do we got to be over now? I would have put him on sooner, but I thought he was the next guest, so I was waiting waiting to to finish this interview. But uh, but, uh, either way, it's good we got him. Our our next guest is on in three minutes, and since they're paying us, we do need to go to them when they call in. But uh, so uh, Maverick. Uh, he was telling us uh, how uh, you guys are the the tag team in the history of Supernation. Uh, Is that correct? That, yeah, that's right. And uh, if anyone wants to put that to the test, they can book us and see what, what we're all about. That's right. We are the profilers. He is greatness, and I'm Otto Von Clutch, and we are accepting bookings nationwide. Isn't that right, Maverick? Yeah, that's right. They can hit us up at Maverick Bookings. Auto Moon Clutch also has an email. Shoot it out. Now, I shot uh, it out just a few minutes ago. 
Yeah, maverickbookings at yahoo.com. They could hit us up anytime. Uh, we're, we're buzzing the towers, switching the guns, the profiles all the way. That's right. We're we're buzzing all over the West Coast right now. We're, we got openings. We're taking bookings starting now for January and February 2020. Well, you know, I would love to get you guys uh, to North Dakota, and uh, we'll have to hook you up with the grant you guys to uh, help wrestling with the cause and uh, show everybody why you guys are the ultimate in the ultimate. What is your guys' take team name? we got a couple minutes here left with you guys. The Profilers, We're the my profilers. man. We are the Profilers. And who's taller? Oh, I'm I'm way taller than Maverick. Maverick's like uh, five. What is it? Six one? I'm like six seven. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. hey, no, we're the same height. We're both six two. We're both six two. Six two and six seven. Wow. Now, so I'm who's six two? He's six two. I'm just messing so with him. So, so who's heavier? I think he I'm definitely two. heavier, bro. I I be reading a lot more novels than he does. <laughs> yeah. Who, who, and, uh, who, who's got the best tattoos? Maverick don't have no tattoos. He's afraid of the needles, man. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know about afraid of the ink, but yeah, I kept my body oh, clean right, in the temple. And, and uh, Icon, we do have. I actually have two numbers in the queue right now. I don't know if we have two guests coming on or not, but uh, uh, real, real quick question for you guys: Who's better with the ladies? What? Are you serious, <laughs> man? Come great, on, man. That bro. myself. 100%. Is it Maverick? I'm I think in it the might dance be club, and when Audubon clutches on the dance floor, my moves are impeccable. My freaking <laughs> dance style is the best. I, I challenge anyone to a dance-off. R-Truth, Rakishi, I don't care who it is. I will show them that I am better. I actually once had a dance-off with Grandmaster Sexay. God rest his soul, love the man. Yo, and he, I, you know, I, I, have to say I beat him in a dance off. Hey, uh, Maggie, you notice he's uh, deflecting now. I asked him who's better with the ladies, not who's the better dancer. See, he's deflecting. Hey, so, my man. Our next guest has a 917 area code. 917, yes, I have an 801 on here as well. Well, we're going to go with my people. That's me calling. That's my brother. That's the 801. That's my guys, man. That's my guys trying to call in. Well, I'll tell you. From Salt Lake City? uh, Yes, from Salt Lake City. That's my. Are you see? That's Tombstone Jesus calling in right now from Salt Lake City. Okay, guys. Hold on. We'll say hi to him. If you guys want to hold, if you guys want to hold on, we'll do do this next interview. Then we can come get you guys at the end of the show if you guys want to hold on. Yeah, we want to do this all night long, my brother. Sounds good. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. We'll put you guys on hold. You I can love listen it. to how uh, I interview our, our next cool guest, and then we'll come back to you. Absolutely. We're, we go all day, dude. Let's That's do cool. this. All right. So all right, we'll so put we'll, our next guest on, then we'll go to I can, They've also got the benefit of it being, you know, the West Coast. There was not a school night out there. It, it's only like 7 o'clock or some shit out there. So, all right. So, all right, we're well, going to do that. Our, if, you wanna, <laughs> if you want to put our next guest on, we'll do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 917, right? Alright, I'm going to pop him too. Here you go. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. She is the greatest author in history in America today. Ladies and gentlemen, she can tell us all about the Beatles. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Susan Shumsky. Hey, this is Susan Shumsky. You're listening to the Attitude Era Live. 
with the host, the icon, the big swing, and the granny hulkster. Awesome. How are you tonight, Susan? It's good to have you. I'm great. I'm so happy to be here with you tonight. Now, uh, we, uh, you wrote an interesting book, and we're, and we're here to have you tell us about that. We have, uh, well, we have about 30 minutes here with you. If you can uh, stand us that long, I'll understand if you want to hang up on us. But uh, can you tell us the name of your book and what it's about? Then we'll ask you about it. The book is called Maharishi and Me, Seeking Enlightenment with the Beatles Guru. And uh, now he uh, was uh, a part of the Beatles, or he wrote some songs for the Beatles, or what was his connection with the Beatles? Uh, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi was the Beatles guru. I guess that's the best way to describe it. He was a, a teacher of Transcendental Meditation. He's the founder of Transcendental Meditation. And the Beatles learned how to practice meditation from him and they also spent time in India with him. They actually traveled to India, and John and George spent two months with him in India. The other Beatles were there also. They just left a little earlier. But they all were great devotees of Maharishi during that time, and they learned transcendental meditation from him. And how did you meet uh, Maharishi? Well, you know, it was the 60s. I was a hippie. I was living in the San Francisco Bay Area. And those of us who were hippies, we were seeking higher states of consciousness. We were seeking spiritual enlightenment. And our gurus at that time were like Richard Alpert and Ram Dass, uh, who was Ram Dass, and Timothy Leary. And they wrote a book called The Psychedelic Experience. So we were trying to get to higher states of consciousness by taking LSD and other drugs. Well, that didn't work out too well. But it, I, it fueled my fire for wanting to learn about meditation and how to practice real meditation. So I found out about a meditation center in Berkeley, California. And when I went to the center, I saw a picture of the guru on the wall, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. And immediately I felt this incredible connection with him, and I felt that he was someone who could teach me real meditation because this kind of energy was exuding from his, the picture, actually, from his eyes. And I just thought, this is it. This is where I can learn meditation. So I did. And then I did meet him a month or two later in Los Angeles. And then a few years after that, I went to India to study with him in Rishikesh, India, I ended up living in various learning facilities that are called ashrams or, you know, you might call them that. But I ended up living in his various facilities for 22 years, and I ended up being on his personal staff for six of those years. That is awesome. We have uh, Susan Shumpy is our guest here. We have 24 minutes here with Susan. So when you decided to write the book, did you did you say did you talk to him say hey I want to write a book about you or did he approach you about it how did the, the book come about the book came about uh, because I, <laughs> an editor at McGraw Hill asked me to write it that's why or Macmillan I think it was actually 
uh, asked me to write the book. And so I went ahead and I wrote it. And then, of course, the editor no longer was working. <laughs> the publisher, after a few, actually, it was very soon after she asked me to write the book that she quit. And then my agent, my literary agent, tried to sell it several times to various publishers. Eventually, he found a publisher uh, who would who would uh, publish it. But that was 20 years later. Maharishi had already died by the time I actually published this book. He died in 2004, and the book came out in 2018. Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a sad deal. How long did it uh, take you to write the book? Well, as I said, I started writing it in 1998, and then I started uh, changing it, editing it. Every time I tried to get my agent to sell it, and I would keep editing it again and again and again. I probably edited it around 50 times by the time it actually sold to a publisher. And then, like I said, it was published in 2018 by Skyhorse Publishing, which is a New York publisher. Uh, Susan Chomsky is our guest here. we got uh, 22 minutes here left. We'll kind of go around the room here, and then uh, we'll come back, and I'll ask you the hard-hitting questions. Uh, Granny, what do you have for our guest, uh, the Queen of the Beatles? What do you got, Granny? Well, I've just been fascinated by listening to this interview because, I mean, I love the Beatles. I mean, I love their music, and she just sounds like an, a fascinating woman. I mean, I've just been thoroughly enjoying this interview. And she's beautiful, too, by the way. I'm not wow, sure she you. is. <laughs> so what 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 got you interested in wanting to write such a book? I mean... Yeah, well, as I said, the editor asked me to write it, and it is a fascinating story because it's the story of my life, and it's really the story of the entire hippie generation, the, the generation that changed the world back in the 1960s. So I'm just one of the people who was a part of that, who lived through that, who saw the changes that came about as a result of our really spiritual revolution and actually physical revolution. It was a revolution because we were protesting the war. We wanted to reach higher states of consciousness. We were introducing Eastern Eastern wisdom and Eastern philosophy into Western culture. All of these things were going on at once, which caused a tremendous shift in the consciousness, in the attitude, and really in the, in the physical world of the 60s. And going on from there, really, that spiritual revolution has never stopped. More and more people all the time are learning meditation. More and more people all the time are studying martial arts and, and uh, Ayurveda and different things from the East. They didn't know about Chinese medicine and so forth. So it was really a, a revolution that brought the wisdom of the East into Western culture. Awesome. Uh, so I was born awesome. in 62. I, I was born in 1962, so, you know, but, but I just remember uh, well, I was reading about. Granny, Granny was I, in I, college I, when the Beatles were popular, so, you know. Uh, no. <laughs> I, I, yeah, but I was born in 1962, but I mean, you know, so, but I remember reading about, you know, what she was talking about too. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's fascinating. It just sounds fascinating. Uh, Susan Chubbsy is our guest here. We got uh, 19 minutes here with Susan. Uh, 
what, what do you got for our guest, Susan Chomsky? Well, I mean, again, uh, you guys have done a pretty good job while I've had uh, been in the other studio finishing the Monday Night Football coverage. Uh, a lot of the stuff that you guys have been asking were stuff that I was going to also uh, jump on to. But, I mean, I guess uh, from from a spiritual standpoint, you know, you, you, you think about some of the stuff that she's talking about and, and you think to yourself, you know, like – like, like, why am I not there? Like, why am I not on that level? How do I get on that level? And I just don't understand it. I mean, I'm not a religious person, but I'm also, I don't really believe in a lot of that stuff. And just listening to, to it, I, I kind of, I've done research on it. I, I've read about it, but being there and experiencing it and, and, and living that life and, and doing all that is, is a little different to me and, and uh, interesting to me, actually. So, I mean, uh, honestly, I, I really don't, know what to ask about it because I don't know much about the topic. I don't, you know, know much of what direction to go with it. Um, but but I do I do know that I am, you know, interested by it and fascinated by it. And I do love music. So, you know, the the whole Beatles um you know phenomenon that took over the country in the sixties uh was pretty cool. Uh I guess I guess the main thing would be also um I, I live in New York. And I live maybe um, about an hour from Woodstock. Um, do you do you know anything about like were you at Woodstock '69 by any chance? Well, I was living on the West Coast. I was at oh, Altamont. you're on the West Coast. Okay. I was at Altamont Speedway, which was that horrendous thing that happened with the Rolling Stones and the and the. Um, that's when the uh, that's when the, uh, uh, yes. the health angels. The health angels. The yes, Hells Angels yes. murdered a, a gentleman there, and it was um, it was pretty intense. But I actually was there, right next to the stage, lived through the whole thing, and it was uh, it was just very bad vibration. That's all I can tell you. It was really intense, and people were afraid that we we all we were all afraid that we would be we would be stampeded to death. That people would walk on us. Um. We were afraid we would fall down because we were so. Uh, everybody was just huddled in one crowd and um, just all touching each other. And, and then people started swaying, and it was really scary, I have to tell you. Well, you know, yeah. I, I, I'd like, if, if, if we could, I, I know we're here to talk about your book, but, you know, uh, for those of, uh, those of who don't know, it was considered, it was called Nightmare at Altamont. And, uh, if you ever saw the movie Cable Guy, uh, that was with uh, Jefferson Airplane, and uh, a lot of stuff was going on when they were singing, um, uh, what is that song? Sympathy, um, sympathy for the devil. Sympathy right, for exactly. the devil. Now, let mm-hmm. me ask you this. When you were at that concert, it, it, it didn't start out bad. It ended bad. What did you, did you, like, run it? Did you guys run for your life, or were you all trying to no. get out of there? No, not at all. Uh, we were very close. I was very, very close to the stage, and there's no way that you could ever <laughs> get out. Um, no, I was there. I was there for the count, you know, and I stayed. And uh, it was not the most pleasant, <laughs> most pleasant concert I've ever, I'd ever gone to. I went to a lot of concerts all the time back then. We used to go to the Avalon Ballroom in the Fillmore Auditorium back back in the 60s in, in San Francisco. 
And also, strangely enough, in Berkeley, which is where I lived on, on the other side of the bay, uh, Santana used to play at People's Park every week for free. So it was really a very delightful time uh, where we were really into this kind of acid rock music. And it was uh, it was pretty amazing. I mean, we would see Janis Joplin, you know, we would see The Cream, The Who, all of these amazing bands, The Grateful Dead, and so on. So it was very, very cool. Jefferson Airplane was there, of course. They're from San Francisco. So it was a wonderful time and a time of, like I said, a great revolution was taking place in the minds of people. And back to your, back to your book about the, the Beatles. Yes. You're obviously, you're obviously a Beatles fan. I happen to be a Beatles fan, although it's, it's not really about fandom. The book is not necessarily about Beatles fandom. It's really about their relationship with Maharishi, and it's about the songs that they wrote when they were in Rishikesh, India, and what the true meaning of those songs are. And also it's a story about my experience with Maharishi. So uh, the book is not only about the it's about a lot of celebrities too, by the way, Deepak Chopra and uh, – uh, Annie Kaufman, Doug Henning, Mike Love, John Gray. There were a lot of celebrities that were around Maharishi during that time, so the book goes into their stories as well. Donovan is in there. Even the Grateful Dead are, strangely. Well, when you first met Maharishi, what was your your initial thought of, uh, of him when you first met him? Well, I thought that he was the most amazing person I ever met. He had this incredible vibration. That he exuded divine love. So when you were around him, you would feel greater love than you've ever felt before from anyone or anything. Uh, he would just radiate love into the atmosphere and also this spiritual energy, spiritual vibrations. So that's the reason why when I was on staff, for example, everybody was trying to get close to him. We would all compete to get near him all the time. And so there was a lot of competition going on, and people were would do anything really to get, in, to get into the room. Uh, but mainly he was a very spiritual person who uh, uplifted people around him. And, uh, you know, uh, being around him, how long, uh, uh, how how often uh, uh, did you, how often did you spend with him while you were writing the book? I was not with him at all when I was writing the book. I was with Maharishi from, uh, well, 1967 is when I first learned TM. 1970 is when I went to India. From 1970 to 1989. Is when I was in his various ashrams and so on. And I was on his staff from 1970 to 1976. That's awesome. We have, uh, we have 12 minutes here left with Susan. If you were to tell us your, your, your most famous memory <laughs> of a guru, what, what would it be? What is your most favorite uh, thing, uh, memory that you have of him? Well, I think the most favorite memory I have of him is when he would place his attention on me, and not only me, other people as well, that we would feel 
this incredible feeling of love and joy. But more than that, we would feel spiritually uplifted. It's hard to describe what that feeling is. But it's like waves of bliss, waves of ecstasy, I guess you could say, would be would what be you might call what you it. Might call it. And so it was very, very intense, and it was very enjoyable, and we really kind of lived for that experience, those of us who were on his staff. Um, One thing that I did for him was I was doing a painting for him, and he made me do the painting over and over and over and over and over again just to bring out uh, the, the purpose of him Asking people to do things over and over was to just kind of train them to become better and better, to strive for excellence. And he would do that a lot with his disciples, with people that were close to him. He would have us do something, and then we'd bring it to him, and he would um, he would say, "Oh, that's good." And then it's, then th- these changes should be made. And that would go on and on and on, over and over and over again. So it was more of a training ground than, than anything else. It was for people. It was he, he tried to bring the best out of people. And he was very successful in doing that with me, I know. Uh, we have uh, Susan Shrevke is our guest here. Uh, we have 10 minutes left with Susan. And uh, with your book, just to uh, let people listening know, if they wanted to get your book, uh, where can they get it? Is it available on Amazon? Is it available on uh, YouTube? Or is it uh, on audiobook? How can they get the book? Yes, Maharishi and Me is the name of the book. Maharishi and Me Seeking Enlightenment with the Beatles Guru. It's available on Amazon. It's available on Target and Barnes & Noble. It's available in audiobook. It's available in Kindle. It's available in every format. So, you know, you can, I think probably the easiest is just go to Amazon and get it there, Maharishi and me. Well, you know, my favorite thing about books, you know, and people are, I'm sure, are going to laugh when I say this, but my favorite thing about books is books on tape or books on CD because, you know, I like to have books read to me. Uh, Can they get it on audio format? Yes, it is. the audio book is available, yes. They can get that at Amazon or at Brilliance Audio. And were you the, uh, were you the uh, voice on the uh No, I wasn't. On... Somebody, was, somebody with a much better voice than mine <laughs> read the book. She's actually an actress, and she did a great good job. Well, how, how, is it, how is it possible to have a better voice than you? I don't think that's possible. <laughs> Well, I thank you for that. That's very kind of you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if our fans wanted to uh, check you out and follow you and uh, see what you're up to, uh, you got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitter, you got a Twitch. What do you got? I have all of the above. I have 17 books in print. Most of them are spiritual self-help books. And my website is drsusan.org. That's drsusan.org. So it's easy to find that. That's uh, you can easily remember that. DrSusan.org. Just go to my website and you can find out about my books and everything else. I've got uh, various uh, spiritual travels and tours, as well as books and so much more. And uh, you know, you mentioned you have you know 17 books out there. 
uh, aside from this one, uh, what is your uh, other uh, most favorite one that you wrote? Well, probably Divine Revelation, which is the first book I wrote, which is published by Simon & Schuster. Uh, I also love every other one of my books. I love all my books. I think one book called Instant Healing is very practical, and a lot of people really love that book. They they carry it around with them, and they use the affirmations that are in that book all the time. So I recommend that one. And I have um, a couple of new books out right now. One is... uh, the Big Book of Chakras, and another one is called A Third Eye Meditations. That is awesome. Now, uh, are you uh, are you are you currently writing anything right now uh, that you're working on that you can yes, talk about? I, yes, I just finished the book Earth Energy Meditations, and that will come out next year sometime. Um, and, and these are guided meditations in that book. A uh, similar book to that is the Third Eye Meditations book, and that is coming out on January 1st. And those two books consist of guided meditations. In other words, uh, the words on the page guide you into meditation. We have uh, Susan Chomsky as our guest here. We've got six minutes here left with Susan now, uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, meditation. When, uh, you know, people talk about meditating and doing meditation, now, how often do you meditate? And is it hard to learn or hard to teach somebody meditation the right way? Yeah, I meditate every day. And I learned meditation originally, transcendental meditation which was the method that Maharishi Mahesh Yogi founded and brought to the West. And I practiced that for about 22 years. And then I learned another form of meditation that I like better, and that is what I practice and that's what I teach, and that's called Divine Revelation. And I wrote the book Divine Revelation about that method. And it's really very simple Although I think transcendental meditation is also very simple. It's not hard to learn how to meditate. It's only if you try to try to strain or try to concentrate or try to try to blank your mind. That's not meditation. It's not meditation to try to strain that way. Meditation is about relaxing and getting quiet and going deep within, allowing the body to relax, allowing the mind to relax allowing every part of your being to be quiet and still and relaxed. And that is, is not effort. That is effortless. So no effort strain or anything like that is required for meditation. The guided meditations in my two latest books, which are Third Eye Meditations is one of the books, and the other one, Earth Energy Meditations, which, ha- which won't be out until next year. Uh, those two books... The meditations in there are so simple and easy to do. You just, you know, the words on the page are what take you into meditation. You don't have to do anything. I call it the do-nothing program. That means do nothing, nothing, and less than nothing. (laughs) That's awesome. We have uh, Susan Trumpke with us. Uh, Now, with with all your your books and... uh, all the uh, 
all the cool stuff that you bring to light. What uh, would you say has been your biggest seller besides this one? Because you're on the show now, so it's just going to sell a million, co- million copies now. But what has been your biggest selling book? The biggest selling book is Divine Revelation for two reasons. Number one, it was published in 1996. So, of course, it's been more than 20 years since, <laughs> since it was published. And it's been in print the whole time. And number two, because it was published by Simon & Schuster, which at the time was the biggest publisher in the world. So, of course, that has sold more copies than any of my other books. That is awesome. And uh, all your books are still available uh, to, to get, correct? Yes, they are. Like I said, there are 17 books. If you want to find out about my books, I would suggest you go to my website, which is drsusan.org. On drsusan.org, you can actually read the first chapter of almost all my books, and you can find out about them there. That is awesome. So uh, real quick here, guys, uh, we got a couple minutes here left with uh, uh, Susan. Do uh, you guys got uh, any other questions for Susan? Uh, I'm good. I don't have anything icon. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, Susan, you have been awesome. And I'll tell you, I, uh, I got a copy of your book and, uh, I, I read it from cover to cover. And when I started reading it, I just could not put it down. All the interesting (laughs) stories in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting with all the stories in there, is there anything that uh, is there anything that had to go on the cutting room floor that you couldn't put in that you wish you could put it in there? Oh yeah, there's tons of stuff that I that I had to cut from that book, but I think the most interesting stories are in there, and it is a fascinating page turner. I've had so many people tell me that they couldn't put that book down. The book I'm talking about is Maharishi and Me, and it's it's. It's just fascinating to read about all these celebrities and different people and what happened and what happened to me with Maharishi and the crazy things that I went through, the emotional highs and lows. And, I mean, it was just like heaven heaven to hell to heaven to hell. It was such a roller coaster of emotions. That is awesome. Uh, well, before we let you go here, uh, uh, Big Swing, are our, our other three guests on at this point? Uh, yeah, it looks like they've just been chilling, waiting the whole time. Awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, Susan, I want to thank you for being on with us. You have been most awesome. And uh, if we didn't scare you away too much, uh, before your uh, next book comes out next year, we'd like to have you back on uh, and uh, promote that book as well. Well, thank you, and I would love to come back anytime. Awesome, and I will uh, I will be in contact with you, and I also want to thank you for being one of the few female guests that does not have a restraining order against me yet. <laughs> well, thanks for inviting <laughs> Awesome. Thank you, Susan. You've been most wonderful. We appreciate it. Have a great night. Thank you so much. You too. Bye for now. Susan Chomsky, ladies and gentlemen. Man, she is an awesome author. I so cannot, we actually uh, have a fourth. We have a fourth number on, and uh, the intern is telling me it's uh, San Gabriel Valley. So it's all California here. Um, so I'm going to uh, go ahead here in the final fifteen and uh, and put them all back on. Oh wait, 
Yeah, here hey. we go. And a four th- and a four three five as well. That's right, baby. Hey, this is Otto Von Clutch. You are listening to the Attitude Era Live with the host, the icon, the big swing, and Granny Hoekster. Here we go. Part two, baby. I love it. All right, so okay, so we so we can do this. We got fourteen minutes here left with you guys. Excellent. Tell us, uh, tell us who is all on with us so we know. That's right. I got Tombstone Jesus here. You guys hear me? Oh, it's Tombstone Jesus. Here we go. How you guys doing? What? Doing pretty good. Fantastic. All right. All right. Well, well, thanks for letting me cut in here. I heard enough of this little son of a bee. Okay. Well, okay. Well, tell us. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Tell us, tell us why he is. What's that? <laughs> you mentioned a son of a bee. Tell us why he is. Well, I got a match coming up with them in Salt Lake City with the Bolton oh, Championship Wrestling. And uh, it's the okay. first ever DNA match, or basically I'm not your father match. Uh, I ran into the ring in Dotto about three months ago, and from day one he's been claiming I'm his father. Yeah, and keep first checking I thought kids, it was bro. kind of a joke. And it uh, turns out I know his mom, and uh, some dates match up. And since then, he's been airing our laundry up all over the Internet, smearing well, my let name Let me tell everywhere. you what, you son of a bitch. Let me tell you what. Wait, so you I owe my mother, my family. No, no, no. I'm sorry, big icon. I'm sorry to have to do this on the show, but the big swing. This guy owes my family $50,000, and I actually, we should just cut him Ooh. off right now. He is pissing me off. Let's cut him off the air right now. Let's go to the next Not person. Not cut me anywhere, and I cut want you off, to explain everybody where you get hold off, off hold jumping me in my cut own gym in my hometown. <laughs> cut him off, big swing. Well, hold on. Hold well, on. Don't you cut me off. Me. Wait, 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 wait. Wait a minute. Have you ever heard Stone Jesus? Do not cut me off. Have you guys ever heard? Do you guys listen to Howard Stern at all? Oh, I love Howard. Have you ever heard? Yeah. Have, you ever heard Big, have you ever heard Bigfoot on Howard Stern? <laughs> yeah. That's what he like. I keep thinking of Bigfoot on the air every time, except he's not saying it is after everything. But that's what it sounds like. Okay. I'm sitting here like, whoa, wait a minute. I'm Okay, you guys, we we got we got we got twelve minutes here. We're we're gonna we're <laughs> gonna we're gonna keep going with this. One, we don't cut anybody off unless I say we do. Okay, Damn. That, that's rule number one. Yeah. Now, now two, a couple things I want to ask both of you guys. You mentioned that he owes your family fifty thousand dollars. Question: You take Visa. Two. Now, uh, uh, he he claims that you're his father. So is that uh? Are you guys going to be like Vince Russo and have a, who's your daddy match? We're having a this DNA match. This is where it's match. going down. Hey, TJ, let me, let me, let me plug this real quick. We're having Duck. a match December 7th, Devotion Championship Wrestling, downtown Salt Lake. Maverick, let's just talk about Maverick for two seconds. He's going to be making his Devotion Championship Wrestling debut, his debut in Salt Lake City I'm going to be wrestling my father in Salt Lake City. After I beat my father, he's going to take a DNA test. He's going to pay the $50,000. And uh, it's just a lot of, lot of BS. Let me tell you what, Icon. It just really just 
been just stressing me well, out. You know, okay. I got in this business, and I didn't think this was going to happen, but I never knew who my father was. And if you look at the man, he looks just like me. His physique well, so is just, me, just me, like mine. Let me just mine. ask you this then. Just to play devil's advocate for a second. Um, I love the idea of the match. I love the idea of, of, of you know, the DNA test and all that. Honestly, this is something WWE should be listening to because they should start doing something like this because this is a hell of a storyline. But you said you're going to wrestle him in the ring. You're going to beat him, meaning he's going to take the DNA test and pay you the money. Playing devil's advocate, what, what happens if, by some chance, he defeats you? What happens then? If he None of this me, ever happened, and I will that? beat him. And the only he's getting fifty thousand back ass whoopings for the way he was raised <laughs> without a father. <laughs> That's the only thing bitch. he'll be getting from me. Tell me, you, you know, you sound like uh, you sound like a big drink of water. So tell me your stats, how tall you are, how much you weigh, uh, what your finishing maneuver is, and. Uh, Who's you know, I'm 6'2", I'm 2.30, me and Otto look each other eye in the eye, he hits like a Mack truck, I hit like a freight train, is a truck related <laughs> to a it. freight train, we're going to find out December 7th. Now, That's right. Who's going to win this match? I'm going to win it because I'm younger. I'm better. My name is Otto Von Koch. And I'm going to tell you guys all what. There's no there's no need to do this. There's a video out there, a promo, with 3,000 views. 3,000 views of me whooping his ass. I don't even know why we're doing the match, to be honest with you. So I'm only going there because my boy Maverick. Let's talk about Maverick for a second. Maverick is making his debut. That's more important than me whipping my father's ass right now. <sighs> That's right. I'm excited to make my debut at Devotion Wrestling. Devotion finally gets a taste of greatness. I don't know what's going on with Tombstone Jesus and Otto Von Clutch there. That's new to me, but I know that greatness will be making my way. I'm 210 pounds, six foot. I'm going to hit everyone with the suplex of greatness. It don't really matter who I'm going up against. But uh, this uh, Tombstone Jesus and Otto Von Clutch, Otto, I got your back. I don't know. This tombstone Jesus says that you're raised without a father. That could you be know I fault. never had and a father, not, Maverick. I've known you for 20 yeah. years. You know I never had a dad. Yeah, yeah and, this, and it could be all this guy's fault right here. I think he's your father. He knows it deep down. He's going to lose the match, have to pay the DNA test, and he's going to be the one looking like a deadbeat. And that's right. When I get that $50,000, we're going out to the city. We're going to go to the bars. We're going to go to the streets. We're going to have T-bone steaks. Hell, we're not going to drive home. We're going to fly home first class, Maverick. That's right, brother. You're going to be sitting there. Sounds Woo! good to me. I love it, man. I so, love it. Otto, let me ask you this. Let Talk me to me. Wait a minute. So, so, so you said you're going to go out in the city and get drinks. The match is in Salt Lake City. Um, like, that place that, is popping, like, bro. Let me tell you what. I'm a boring Mormon city. <laughs> no, big swing. <laughs> Big swing. Autobahn Clutch just doesn't go to Salt Lake because Salt Lake is not a good town. That town is popping. I tell you what, if AEW was smart, they would book a show there because that city loves wrestling. I don't care what the religion is. I don't care what they like. All I know is I am O double T O baby. Woo! So Otto, here's my question: When you when uh, the test happens and uh, it's finally revealed. Uh, are you going to have to start buying Father's Day cards? 
Oh, you are an SOB. That is not bitching, bro. <laughs> that right there is a low blow. Icon, I said I'm going to send you five. Ass whoopings will begin. Oh, you be If I got 50,000 back ass whoopings coming his way. If he's got enough of my DNA to beat me, then I will take the <laughs> test, brother. Wait and a hey, Otto, so, why don't we do this? Why don't we do it this way, Icon? Why don't we be a good marketing promotion promoting podcast radio show? Why don't if Otto wins the match, and I'm gonna say if because obviously I have to be, you know, I don't know these guys personally, I've never seen them fight, so I'm gonna say if Otto wins the match, why don't we have him take the DNA test or at least read the results of said DNA test right here on the air? That sounds like a great idea. I love it. Wait. I'll tell you what. Here's what we're going to do. Now, to me. I want you guys to both contact me. Well, Otto, I have your contact information on Messenger. I love you. I, now, love, uh, I love you, Icon. But okay, I'm only, Otto, I'm only so sending you, know, you four eight by tens. I'm not sending you five. And Tombstone Jesus, you can only trust him like Tijuana water. Remember that. Okay. Well, Otto, just so we're on the same page. That's I walked on that water, son. Be quiet, TJ. Hold on. Hold on. Otto, so we're on the same page. That Father's Day question did not come for me. It came from a it, it came from a tweet. A fan wanted me to ask you that. That did not yes. come for me. Yes, Two, sir. Now here's what I want you to do. Uh, this uh, the big daddy boy. I'm going to call you that. Okay. I want you to send me a message on Facebook Messenger. You can find me at icon or icon uh, uh, or icon helmrest on Yahoo. I, I, Jesus, God! You gotta get your Facebook shit together, messenger. Icon. Just, uh, just look up Icon. Send me a message. I want to get your contact information. I'm gonna get you guys both back on this show. I love you, big man. So we're gonna do. We're gonna hash this thing out. Okay. Let's after, do it. On the ring, before the ring. Shut up, TJ. Before the ring or after, we're, we're gonna watch your mouth. Out. We're gonna get you guys both back on, and we're gonna do this for 30 straight minutes. You guys going back and forth. And we're going to do this. We're going to book this. Let's now, do this, Icon. And I'll connect with you on Facebook. And when you see you. my picture people. and you see his picture, you're going to know who's getting their ass kicked. Hey, we have, people that, questions. We have people that want to ask questions to me and Maverick on the line. And we're freaking filling it up with TJ. I can't stand that guy. I tell you, can we please get him off the air, Icon? We have people that want to Spotlight's talk to us. always on me, kiddo. Always on yeah, he, used to he came look what a snake. He saw that I was doing an interview and he called in. What a what a freaking snake. This is about hey, me okay. and Maverick. Maverick greatness. It's about me and Maverick, not Tombstone right now. <sighs> okay. Uh TJ, so uh I can uh so you can find me on Facebook. Uh you know, just look under icon or you can find my contact information on uh, off the ropes because Yahoo's a bunch of silly Diages, they won't let us change their name to Attitude Era Live. I want you to send me a message, or uh, if you can't find me, uh, how do I find you? Where, what Tombstone your, uh, Jesus, I just I, message me. I got a page on Facebook, uh, Tombstone Jesus on Instagram as well. What a uh, let's link up, Icon. Make this happen. This little right. snake. Uh, this is what you had to watch. I'm going to beat them into them. This is what you got to well, watch yes, for the business, got, uh, guys. We got three minutes left here. Well, here's Can we cut him off, please? Well, okay, okay, hold on. Before he goes, uh, I will find you on Facebook. We're going to get this book, 
and uh, you guys both have to agree to come back on the show. If I thought oh, of course. Right now, Absolutely. Come back. 100%. Absolutely. All right. So we're on the same page now. You guys, I am competing against another wrestling podcast. It's a joke. It's a guy up in Winnipeg. The guy could uh, the guy could study for two weeks and couldn't pass the piss test, okay? Okay. So uh, we're competing against him. We're going to go head-to-head when he launches his Monday show. We're going to get you guys both on here, and we're going to hash this out, and we're going to take care of it on this show once and for all. And there ain't nothing anybody can do about it. That's fine. None of this was even planned out. None of this. Be quiet, TJ. Be quiet, Dad. None of this was ever planned out, and it gets me so pissed off that he came on during my time, during Maverick's time, during Auto Von Clutch, the profiler's time. This guy comes on and just freaking gets his plugs in. Who does he think he is? You guys are running out there. Jesus, the Mountain Metal Messiah. Everyone out there, get used to it, baby. Don't worry about people like this in the business. Always come in and steal your limelight. You got people like Tombstone Genius, Jesus, who says one thing and does another. See, everyone out there, if you're just breaking into the business, be careful for shady cats like this. He can't—he doesn't even know who's, who his sons are or the women he's slept with. See, this is a problem with the wrestling world. You got a man up to take That's responsibility. That's out of your mouth, Maverick. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd watch out if I were you. You're writing checks that your ass can't catch. But uh, but that's fine. Auto Von Clutch will shut that mouth of yours. Uh, he sounds like Sasquatch. So just please let's let's go to our people. People are calling in. They want to know questions. They want to know Icon. What the profilers are doing. Well, I'll tell you what. We're, we're look. Uh, we're also going to have the profiles on too. Uh, on a separate show, we're going to get you guys both back here. Yeah, we great. got three got minutes call- left, and then we got Monday Night Football coverage on the station. So we got about three, yeah, three and a half left. I love it. So. Uh, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to send two, uh, two so Jesus. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm looking at his profile right now. and uh, You can see what uh, I mean business, say, brother. Shut yeah, up. That, that, that gal you're standing next to, she, uh, she, she looks pretty cool. Maybe we should get her on, too. Oh, come oh, on. Yeah. You That's already paid me $500 to do this show tonight, and you're going to go probably pay him double because you're just a, a big freaking fan of his, his person next to him? Come on, Icon. Use your head, brah. Come on. I love you, Icon. Uh, Why are you doing this to us right now? Hey, look, this is not coming from me. This is coming from Twitter. This is uh, I can't Twitter. And Twitter could just I'm going to give a Twitter a surfing elbow On that damn booster. I'm undeniable Junior quiet. Don't Two forget sons, that Just hang up hey brother Dad just hang up Just do us all a favor hang up We have two minutes I want Maverick to get on his limelight Just be I love you We'll talk later okay? right, John, would, it, would it be I hate to you. say that Otto has daddy issues you shut yeah, up. I think so. Hey, big swing. I kind of liked you. <laughs> well, I didn't like your gimmick, but I kind of liked you. You were like one of those fat chicks that the clutch wanted to take on a little surfing lesson, brah. And I'm going to tell you one thing, big swing. You just took a big swing at OVC, and it's pissing me off right now. <sighs> well, apparently, Tombstone Jesus swing. likes fat chicks, too. So, anyway. Oh, all right. He has a lot of fat chicks that love him. <laughs> hey, hey no, all right. nothing wrong with that. All right, I'll tell you what. With that being said, I, I think we're gonna uh, we're gonna put a pause here. I'd love to. Yeah, gonna, yeah. Gonna, station's uh, telling me to kick it. 
All right. I know. Everybody keep an update. Watch us on Off the Ropes on, on uh, Facebook. And uh, be stay tuned for when this uh, little interview is going to happen because it is going to happen. And I'm going to get the uh, I'm going to get my new favorite tag team on together as well. So that's right. It's the Profilers, Auto Von Clutch, and Maverick. Follow us on Facebook. Love you guys. Have a good night. Next Monday. We'll see you. Dead man walking. You've done it now.